So today we are, we're starting a new message series, The Sheep and the Shepherd, The Sheep and the Shepherd, and um, I'm excited about it because this really is uh, just a deep work that God has done in my heart about being a, a shepherd and an under-shepherd and, and uh, loving the sheep and uh, the fact that Jesus is our shepherd. Anybody thankful we've got a great shepherd named Jesus? Isn't he amazing? And, um, and also because this is moving us towards the launch of, um, of our shepherd ministry here at New Covenant Church. So just in a couple of weeks, we'll be bringing uh, some families up on stage here, and they'll be helping, uh, they'll be stepping to the ro- into the roles of providing care and communication and contact. And we don't ever want there to be any person that is not being reached out to, not being loved on, not being looked out for, and uh, so I'm excited to have these shepherd families that are going to be uh, joining together to just uh, express and to give a greater degree of care and of love, representing the care and the love of Jesus Christ for each and every one of us. So, um, so I think that's going to be fantastic. Don't, don't miss that. As Pastor Chris said, 18 years. And um, as we come to these special days in our, in our lives, birthdays or anniversaries or special times of commemoration, this week we all um, hopefully took time out to remember, maybe to participate in one of the, uh, some of the, the, the remembrances, the commemorations of, uh, of 9-11 that took place 19 years ago. Uh, anybody have a chance just to remember and to think back? And we could always all probably remember exactly where we were uh, on those times or during those times. But, um, but one of the things that these special days do is they give us the opportunity to pause, to kind of just, just push the pause button, to stop for a moment, and to begin to think back about all of the things that uh, took place. And, the, and when I think back over the history of New Covenant Church, I just, um, I, I, you know, I could tell you all kinds of stories. That uh, Has anybody got things in their past they'd like to just forget? Has anybody? No, but only four of us. The rest of you are saints. That's really, we're so glad. Thank you for blessing us with your presence today. <laughs> but we've all got those halls of shame, things we don't want to go back and think about. But you know what? We've got some amazing things to think about as well. And even though there were difficult times in America, you know what? There's been some, a lot of fantastic things that God has done over the uh, last 19 years. And when I think about New Covenant Church, like I said, I could think about some, some tough things, some very difficult things, some rough seasons that we've walked through. But can I tell you, by and large, when I think about the history of New Covenant Church, I think about the amazing things that God has done. I think about his faithfulness. I think about his goodness. I think about the gifts and the blessings and the miracles, and I mean literal miracles that God has worked in, in families that have been restored, marriages put back together, people that have been saved, that have come to know Jesus Christ, people that have, have discovered their giftings and their talents and their purposes, and, and wonderful people that God has brought in to be a part of the family. I just I stand in awe. I stand in amazement to see how God has just brought us so far and so many wonderful things that he's done. But with all of my heart, I tell you this today, uh, it's been something that God's been stirring and stirring in me. I believe, I absolutely positively believe that the best is yet to come. I, I believe that God is bringing us to a season, to a place where he's going to release some things uh, through his spirit and by his spirit in us and through us. 
I, um, I don't know about anybody else, but I've just sensed that in, as we're in these last days of the last days, I'm believing, and I'm believing it for New Covenant Church, that God is going to bring a release of signs and of wonders and of miracles. Amen? Am I talking to the right people this morning? That, that God is going to do a fresh work, and, and things that have been so astounding and amazing in the past, those are great, but, uh, but I'm believing that God has got more things that are going to be done in his people and in us and through us so that people can know the goodness of God, so that people can be saved, so that people can be set free, that people can grow, they can be connected with God more than, um, more than ever before. And I, I really believe that. And does anybody else believe that? Why don't you join me? Let's give him praise for that this morning. Amen? Amen. Well, I, I really do. I am, I, I am very, very excited about that. And uh, I, I told uh, the the first service that I'm not I'm not I have not really been um, a big fan of history. So when I think about history or read history, uh, Pastor Chris loves history, and that's where he gets all of his great stories. Not all of them, but uh, gets a lot of his great stories and inspiration. And uh, but I, I've kind of been of the mindset. Like I heard somebody say one time, when I think about history, I just think about dates and dead people. You know, <laughs> so any other people when they think about history, uh, it's just dates and dead people. Well, let's forget about history, man. Let's just, let's make history. Let's live today, you know, and let's just enjoy all the great things that, um, that God has, has done. And, uh, but, but when I think about history now, I'm beginning to understand that history really is the soil that we're planted in. And if it wasn't for the history, for the things that have taken place, for what's gone before us, then we wouldn't be here today. We wouldn't be allowed to experience all that we are experiencing, experiencing and believe for the, the heritage, for the things that God has in store for us. Everybody knows that, right? You know, we can't go back and change our history but we can change our heritage. Do you know that? We can't, uh, um, and, and we're all leaving a heritage. We're all leaving a legacy, a lineage behind us. Whether we uh, are doing it intentionally or unintentionally, you're leaving. You're, you're forging a path. You're leaving a wake that others are going to see and others are going to walk in. And so uh, I encourage, I encourage us to make it, to do it intentionally, to, to really focus in on, on um, being very intentional about what we leave, what we leave behind. So I, um, I think that's a good thing for us to start practicing right now is to, is to reflect back on some of the things that have taken place in history. I, I just um, finished a course. I've been taking some, uh, some online courses, and uh, one of the courses was called The Christian History of America. And um, has anybody here read the book, The Light and the Glory, The Light and the Glory? Man, if you haven't read that book, you need to read that book, okay? I don't like to tell people what they need to do, but let me, so let me say it this way. You need to read that book. Uh, it, it gives an amazing picture. I, I'm not saying everything, and it's just 100% accurate, but, but it gives a great picture of the providential, the incredible things that God did, has done for the, for the founding and for the development of America. And I mean miraculous type of things. And, and so many people look back, and we can see all of the negative things, all of the bad things that have taken place, and focus on things. Can I tell you, there's a whole lot more good than there is bad. Amen. 
There's a whole lot more good. And that's true in so, so many of our lives, that there's a lot of good things. There's a lot of amazing things that God has done. There's a lot of, uh, of, of things. When I think back about the history of, of New Covenant Church, when I, I look and see the miracles, when I, when I see people's lives, and some of you sitting here today, and think back about what God has done and where he's brought us from, man, it builds my hope. It builds my faith for what God has in store. It reminds me that I have a great shepherd who loves and cares for me and cares for each and every one of us individually and as a flock, and he's got a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful purpose for each and every one of our lives. Amen? Amen. So, um, so let's look in. I, let's look in uh, to this, the sheep and the shepherd. Um, you know, when we, God talks about his people throughout the Bible, there's a lot of different ways that he describes, uh, he describes his people. Um, sometimes he'll describe us, he, we've been described as the army of God, right? We like that, uh, I will never, you know, we'll march in the army and we'll be part of the army of God. And then other times we've been described a lot in the New Testament, we've been described as the body but we've also been described as a family, the family of God. I hope you're glad to be part of the family of God, whether you're at home there watching online or right here today. It's good to be part of a family. But we're also, a, we're also called a fellowship. But one of the most used terms in Scripture is we're called the flock of God. We're the sheep of his pasture. So we're sheep individually, but together we are his flock. And I'm so thankful to know today that Jesus is our great shepherd who cares about each and every one of us individually, cares about us in our family units, but he cares about us as the family of God. Amen? So let's look into a few things about the sheep and the shepherd this morning. We're going to be starting in Psalm chapter 23. You, um, hopefully, many of you already know that scripture. It's a scripture that you've maybe memorized. Um, there was a time and season in, in life where people did a lot of scripture memorization, and I think that's a wonderful thing. I think we should memorize scripture, and if you're going to be memorizing scripture, this is a great scripture to memorize, to think uh, you can think about it, you can reflect on it. I find myself at different times, uh, this scripture, the Lord's Prayer, others, that just reciting those, and it just builds faith, it builds, um, it just does a work of God in our hearts. When we read this scripture, let me remind you that it is written, it's a song that's written by King David, by uh, King David, who before he was king, he was just a little shepherd boy. You remember the story, how he was out watching his father's sheep, and, and so here we have the shepherd David, who was later referred to as the shepherd of Israel, of all of God's people. This shepherd is writing this, uh, this song, this scripture, that's week today, the, the, the 23rd Psalm, and here's what he says. He says, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his namesake. And even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Boy, that's a scripture we all need to remember right now, isn't it? I will fear no evil. I won't fear anything that's going on around me. For you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. 
And your, your rod, uh, your, you know it in my head with oil, my cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever and forever. Isn't that a beautiful psalm? Isn't that a beautiful writing that he wrote there? You know, I can remember back at the start of New Covenant Church as God was speaking and putting pieces together that um, we were having a time together and God began to speak to me and to correct and to kind of reset some things in my heart. I had um, been in a situation where uh, people, sheep, you know, we're all sheep, uh, had been looked at as, um, as something to use for the benefit of the church or to get something from them to help, uh, you know, to, to fund the, the goals or direction of the church, those type of thing. And so uh, God began to reset some things in my heart. And one of the first things that he said is he goes, he said, Sam, I want you to know that the sheep are not your source. I'm your source. I said, okay, God, I, I understand that. And what he was saying is, hey, listen, don't look to the sheep to try and, and be your provision. Don't see what you can get from sheep because that's not what shepherds, what under-shepherds do. They look out for the sheep. They, they provide for the sheep. And, and that's the kind of shepherd that we, has. And so, and we have. And so he says, he said, listen, the, I'm your source and those are my sheep, so keep your hands off of them. I was like, well, okay. And he, I mean, for me, he said it really strongly, like, don't be touching my sheep, you know. <laughs> Don't be messing with my sheep here. And I was like, okay, okay. He said, when people look at my sheep, when they see my sheep, I want them to see my fingerprints on them, not yours. I tell you, God wants his fingerprints on each and every one of our lives. And when it comes to being a flock, he wants to be sure that it's his fingerprints that uh, are on our lives that direct us. And, and so I can remember him very specifically just kind of readjusting and thinking that my purpose as an under-shepherd, as a shepherd under the great shepherd, was to help lead and help guide and help direct his sheep to him. Because he's the one. He's the one that can do everything that we need in our lives. Aren't you glad for a great shepherd? Man, we really, really should be. You know, John chapter 10, verse 11 says this. He says that, that Jesus is our shepherd he says, I am the good shepherd, and the good shepherd gives his life for the sheep. You know, Jesus, in saying this, he was uh, prophesying about what he would do. But he was saying, this is what shepherds do. Shepherds are always putting themselves in between the sheep and any situation, any circumstance, anything that would seek to hinder them, that would seek to cause problems, that would seek to, to keep them from being exactly what he wants them to be. And so he says, hey, I'm the good shepherd, and I lay my life down for the sheep. And we know that Jesus did that. He laid his life down so that we, as his sheep, could have life. He laid his life down for us so that he could not just only be a present shepherd, but he could be the great shepherd, the ultimate shepherd that continually watches over our souls. And do you know why he did that? Because Jesus knew that sheep need a shepherd. If sheep don't have a shepherd, um, I can remember there was a time when I was really, God was really stirring my heart about continuing to develop as a, 
as a, a shepherd's heart and understanding uh, what it meant to be an under-shepherd and someone who, who had the responsibility of standing between him and his sheep to usher his, his sheep to him, that I went out and I um, actually went to a, a person's, uh, out to a little farm where they, where they raised sheep. And um, I had a kind of a crazy idea that I thought, you know what, I'm teaching about this here at the church. I'm going to go out and I'm going I'm to go out and see if I can borrow a sheep and I'm going to bring the sheep uh, to the church and I'm going to make an example of the sheep. And, and so I went out there and in about 20 minutes, I realized that bringing a real live sheep to the church was not going to be a good idea. <laughs> It wasn't going to be good for me. It was probably not going to be good for the sheep. It definitely wouldn't have been good for the building, you know? So I was like, man, this sheep was nasty, and it smelled bad, and uh, it was really kind of um, inattentive, and all it really wanted to do was just go and just just eat stuff, and, and um, it just... How many people know sheep have a tendency just to wander? They kind of live in their own world. They meander around, and sheep need a shepherd, and um, sheep, if they're left to themselves, they will wander into trouble. They will get into very dangerous situations. Sheep have been known to um, be eating and actually walk off cliffs, not paying attention to what's going on. Sheep need a shepherd. Any sheep here know what I'm talking about today? We need a shepherd. We need somebody that's going to be looking out for us. So let's take a look at some of the things that our shepherd, Jesus, our great shepherd, uh, uh, does for us. Number one, Psalm 23, verses 1, 2, and 3 says, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. The shepherd provides for us. He, he, He looks out. He knows us, and he knows what we need. One of the things that sheep, as, as sheep, we need to understand uh, just at the very beginning is we cannot provide for ourselves. Now, I think sometimes we might fall into this, uh, this false understanding that, that we can provide for ourselves, we can take care of ourselves. I got this. Uh, my daughter used to always, that was one of her favorite sayings for a long time. Uh, Dad, I got this. And then, you know, a couple hours later, be, hey, Dad, can you help me with this? Uh, right? Uh, we can't provide for ourselves. We can't take care of ourselves. Sheep need someone to help them. Sheep need someone to help them. And I love this, that it says that we shall, I shall not want um, there was a time in my life when I read that scripture, and I actually I heard it, you know, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Don't have any wants. I kind of read it as a commandment. Now I've got to live in a way, I don't want anything. I don't. But you know what? I found out I was wrong. What this really is, is it's a promise. It's a promise that says, because he is our great shepherd, you'll never lack. You'll always have what you need, because the shepherd cares for you, and he knows now, wait a minute, let's, let's understand. There's a big difference between what I want and what I need. Can I hear a big amen, right? At home, amen, right? And he, the shepherd knows what we need, and he cares about our needs because he loves us. He loves us so much. And so out of his love for us and our, his care for us, and, and let me say this to you today. It's not a burden to the shepherd to care for you. It's not a burden to the shepherd. It's his delight to be able to come alongside of you and give you what you need and give me what I need. 
That's what he's there for. That's what his, that's what his heart is, is leaning into. He's always watching over us. He's always looking at us. He's always, he sees us when we need friendship. He sees us when we need encouragement. He sees us when we need direction. He sees us when we need, when we need that pat on the back. He, he sees us when, he needs somebody, when we need somebody to come close to us. He sees us and he knows what we need. And can I tell you that if we'll just wait, if we'll just lift our eyes and lift our hands to him, he will always, he will always give us what we need. He'll give us what we need. Two of the greatest things that he gives us, I believe we see in these next scriptures where it says that he leads us, okay, that he, um, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He makes me, okay? Sometimes sheep need to be uh, directed. They need to be um, made to do what's good for them, all right? They, they don't need to keep walking into the bushes, and they don't need to keep getting lost. They don't keep, need to keep getting distracted. So he says, he makes me to lie down in green pastures, and he leads me beside the still waters. And he does this with a purpose. I, I think that those, um, those green pastures, when I, when I read about that, when I read about that scripture, I thought about being in Israel a couple of years ago. And, and driving out and leaving uh, Jerusalem and heading out to uh, the Jordan River and to the Dead Sea, you go uh, through these mountains, and as you're going through these mountains, you'll see just brown and dirty and dusty and rocky, and, and there was a, a, a shepherd that was leading his, his sheep across this dirty mountain, this, this brown mountain, and they were grazing. And I said, well, where are the green meadows? And this guy said, this is their meadows. He said, sheep really spend a lot of their time nosing rocks out of the way so they can, they can eat the little twigs, the little, the little uh, flakes of grass. He said, this is their existence. And I thought, wow, man, they're always trying to work. They're always trying to make a way. They're, they're always going through this process. Can you imagine how great it would be? For, for a flock, for, for some sheep to get to a place where they're surrounded by green grass, where they're in this lush meadow. And this is what the scripture's saying here, is that God brings us to those places where we don't have to try to do it on our own. We don't have to try to get it on our own. But he provides in abundance for us. Because you know what he wants to do? He wants to bring contentment to our soul. Contentment to us. I love that scripture in in 1 Timothy chapter 6, where it says that godliness with contentment is great gain. So he brings us to a place where our need, our, our, our hungers are easily satisfied in him. He brings us to a place of contentment. And then beside the still waters, and there's so much that could be said about this, but one of the things I think that, that it means is that the, he brings us to a peaceful place where we can drink our full supply. I wonder what it would look like to the world if God's people, if God's sheep, if the, the flock of God was so filled with his contentment and his peace no matter what was going on around us. Don't you think that's something that the world would take notice of today? When so many people are up at arms and so many people are just living in a situation of going from dismay to distraught and pain and angst and all of a sudden they look over and they see some people in the middle of the difficulty, in the middle of the battle, in the middle of the storm, that they're living in contentment and peace. 
And I tell you, that's God's plan for each and for every one of our lives, that we would manifest his peace, his contentment in our lives. And he brings us to these places for a specific purpose. And that purpose, the scripture says, is that he restores my soul. Uh, Kenny mentioned it this morning that he seems like there have been a lot of people that have going through those situations where, man, we're just one step forward and two back, and, and there's a lot of just a weariness. There's a lot of weariness that's been going on in our world today. There's a lot of discouragement that's going on in our world today. There's a lot of depression that's trying to come on and to impact God's people in this world, in this time in which we live. This, um, this past week, I, uh, I put a little post on Facebook about, um, about people that are dealing with depression. And, and this being the middle, this past week was um, National Suicide Awareness Week. And Wednesday, when I posted, it was the middle of the week. And, and, and just putting it out there is an encouragement to people to say, hey, don't give up. Don't grow weary. Don't give in. Know that there's hope. Know that there's people that care. Know that there's somebody that you can talk to. Know that you don't have to give up. And, and I've got to be honest, I was a little disappointed because it, most people, they're, you know, you put something humorous or funny out there and, oh, everybody likes it. And that's, but you put something really serious about people. Hey, you can reach out. There's people that care. And so then I reposted it later in the week. And I reposted it. After having lunch with someone in the middle of that lunch, they got a, dis a devastating phone call about somebody that they were very close to and had had a long-term relationship with. And for some reason, this person, this one of God's sheep, felt like they couldn't go on anymore. And he got the news that that sheep had had done just grave damage to their life. And I watched. I watched this person literally overcome in a state of shock and not being able to, I mean, physically, tangibly moved, strength taken from them. I came over and just put my arm around him and just began to pray and, and just care for him. And, and you know what I watched? I watched somebody who in one minute that they could barely breathe, they could barely, they couldn't stand, they couldn't move. But I watched the Holy Spirit began to refresh them. And I watched the Holy Spirit in a, in a devastating, tragic moment. I watched the Holy Spirit begin to restore strength. Can I tell you today that the only person the only person that can restore us is Jesus. The only place we're going to find restoration for our body, soul, mind, and spirit is in God's presence. I watched the, the Lord do a work of restoration so that in a few minutes he began to come to himself and say, you know what, now that God has ministered to me, I've got to go and minister God's pouring grace and strength and comfort into me so that I can go and give grace and comfort and strength to others. And can I tell you, if you are in a place today 
or you need help and you need some hope and you need some strength and maybe you've been worn out and wrung out and run down. And Can I tell you today that there is a place of restoration in Jesus Christ that the Holy Spirit will come in and restore you and refresh you and all you have to do is just come to the Good Shepherd and let him do that for you today. Can I encourage you in that? That you don't have to live, you don't have to keep on in that place of, of discouragement and depression. Man, God is willing to help you. And sometimes the way that he helps you is through another brother or sister, another sheep that can give you strength. A second thing that our shepherd does is our shepherd protects us. Our shepherd protects us. The scripture tells us in Psalm 23, it says in verses 4 and 5, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. And isn't that something we need? I will fear no evil in our world today. I won't fear what they say about me. I won't fear what they think about me. I won't fear what they, uh, what they try to do to me. I will fear no evil because you are with me. The great shepherd is with us. He, he, he doesn't run from us in the times of difficulty. He doesn't hide himself from us. He runs to us. He cares about us. And when he runs to us, the scripture points, paints the picture, says that he comes with his rod and with his staff. The rod, we won't go into all of it, but sometimes we think it's just a big stick. You know, it's not. Generally speaking, a rod is a kind of a short stick, and it has, it's like a club. It has a big end on it. And you know what it's used for? It's used to beat the enemies. It's used to beat those things which would come against God's people. Can I tell you, you have a shepherd who loves you and who will defend you and who will fight your battles for you. And you know what he never does? He never uses the rod on his sheep. No sheep beating aloud. (laughs) I've suggested this to God a few times, you know. He kept reminding me, they're, they're my sheep, they're my sheep. And then there started being times I'd go to God and say, God, they're your sheep, they're your sheep, they're your sheep, you know? God, if you'd get them, and God said, hey, you're one of my sheep, how about if I start with you? And I was going, no, no, God, just be nice, you know, be nice. So there's no sheep beating aloud. Can I tell you that if you've ever been hurt by someone who was in a place of, um, of being an under-shepherd, and an under-shepherd is... Sometimes we always think about it as pastors, and, but if, if you're a parent or you're a person of authority, if you're a teacher or if you're, you're someone who God's given you influence over other people, that all influence, all authority comes from God. You're actually serving in the capacity of an under-shepherd. No sheep beating aloud. Got that? No sheep beating aloud. And if you've ever been hurt or you've ever been damaged, if you've ever suffered at the hands of an under-shepherd, can I tell you, that is not the heart of the Father. God's heart is never to harm you, but always to help you. And can I tell you that there is healing, there is strength available to you today. And that's what he carries that staff for, that staff, the thing with the hook on it, the shepherd's staff, you know. That, that, that shepherd's staff is there to guide us and to direct us. The, 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 the rod is there, it's to, it's to defend us and to protect us, but the, the staff is there to guide us and to direct us, and, and sheep need to be guided. They, we need some help. We need to, uh, to be reminded which way to go. We can get lost on our own. And, and can I tell you that, that as under-shepherds, 
as under shepherds, our purpose is always to be like the shepherd's staff, to let God use our lives to guide and to direct people into his presence. Our job is always to point people to the great shepherd. That's, that's always our job. It's always what we do because he is the only one. He's the only one that can bring restoration and life and all of his promises to fulfillment in somebody's life. I remember there was a time when, again, God was talking about this and God said to me, he said, hey, listen, Sam, I want to tell you something. When you go to the sheep, you need to smell like the father. Well, what are you talking about? And has anybody ever had, um, maybe it's a grandmother or whoever, but uh, we, Yvette and I, in the first uh, church we were pastoring, we had a lady that um, evidently when she bought um, her perfume, she got it by the gallon, okay? Um, it didn't come in the little expensive, um, you know, it, she got a full supply of it and she would wear it lavishly, you know, she'd put a lot of it on. I, I mean, the, the scent of her perfume always arrived a long time before she did. Do you, does anybody know what I'm talking about? And so, so there'd be times like I'd meet her, go to visit her or whatever, and she'd give me a big hug and I'd come home and I'd walk in and get ready to give that hug and she'd go, oh, you saw Sister So-and-So today, huh? I said, well, how do you know? She says, it's all over you, brother. You know? <laughs> so, so what the Lord would say, he'd say, Sam, I want you to be sure. And, and can I say to under shepherds, here's how we need to function. We need to spend so much time in the great shepherd's presence, in the presence of our God, that when we go to our sheep, when we go to other sheep, that all they sense on us is the smell of the Father. And when we go to the Father, we have needed to be about his business of encouraging and caring and strengthening and building one another up so much. And when we come into his presence, what he smells is the presence of sheep on us. Amen. That's what he wants for us. That's what he wants. And he'll be with us. He won't leave us. He doesn't run from us. Even in the battle, even in the midst of our enemies, he comes and he strengthens us. And I love this, that he pours his presence on us. He anoints our head with oil. We could do a whole series on that. Man, he, he covers us with his presence. And one of the main things he does is he anoints our heads with oil. Has anybody here ever needed a, a checkup from the neck up? Do you know what I'm talking about? Anybody here ever need to get your head straight, get your mind right, get your attitude adjusted? Anybody ever needed an attitude adjustment? Oh, come on. I need them all the time. And that's what he does. He comes in and he says, hey, listen, maybe you've been looking at the enemy. You've been talk, thinking about, you've been watching too much news. You've been on social media too much. You need to get your head right. Right? I think there's a lot of people in our world today need to get their heads right. <laughs> They need, a, they need the Holy Spirit to come and anoint them and to give them the mind of Christ and to refresh and to strengthen us. That's what he says. I, I come to a place where I refresh you. I strengthen you. I want to give you an overflow, an abundance of what you need. His cup, our cup runs over. Our cup runs over. Uh, somebody, I heard somebody say this even earlier today. They felt like that God had been holding out on them. Can I tell you that anytime we believe that God is holding out on us, that God's not giving us all we need, can I tell you that it's a lie from the enemy because God is a God of overflow. God is a God of abundant supply. God's intention is to pour more into us than we can contain, to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we can think 
or that we can ask. That's God's purpose. That's God's plan. That's God's desire for you. He wants to strengthen us. He wants to refresh us. He wants to let there be such a flow of his goodness in our life that it splashes out on everybody around us. That's the desire of Almighty God. He flows from us. I mean, he flows into us. And, and it doesn't matter if we're in a battle. You see, sometimes when God, when, when God allows us to be in a battle, it's not for something bad to happen. It's for something good to happen. Do you know, um, I remember years ago talking about this, that, that whenever there's a battle, there's also going to be a bounty. You read in the Old Testament, man, the people of Israel would go out and they'd fight a battle and they'd win a battle and they'd bring back all kinds of riches and treasures with them. Can I tell you that there are things that we're going to learn, there are things we're going to experience in the midst of the battle when his presence comes close to us that we'll never learn, we'll never experience anywhere else. And it will bring blessing, it will bring increase, it will be a bounty, it'll be a reward in our lives. And that's what he wants to do goes on and kind of wraps up this section of Scripture, wraps up and says that the greatest treasure that we get is God's presence. I love this last verse where it says that he, that his goodness and his mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Um, that, that word follow there may be one of the worst translations of, in all of Scripture, it really is. Sometimes we think follow, it's something that's way back, you know, far from us. You know what that word follow really means? It says, surely goodness and mercy, it means, it says chase us. Uh, one, one writer says, it's like a little dog that's nipping at your heels. It's trying to get your attention. What he's saying is, my goodness is trying to get your attention. My mercy is trying to get your attention. My presence is trying to come, wants to, wants to jump up in your lap. I want my, he says, I want my goodness and my mercy to be all over your lives. That's a great, that's a great thing to know about our great shepherd. He's not holding out from us. He's trying to overflow us with his goodness, with his mercy, and with his eternal presence, his eternal life. We get to experience this, guys, throughout eternity. So God gives under-shepherds. He gives pastors. He gives uh, parents. He gives people of influence to care for us, to cover us, to protect us, and to always direct us to the good shepherd. That's, that's his plan for us individually, and I, I love this. You know the scripture where it said that Jesus left the 99 and he went out and got the one. Can I tell you that God loves not only flocks, but he loves individual sheep? Uh, I heard somebody say one time, so we got a lot of people right now, a lot of leaders, they love flocks. They like to be in front of the flock. They like to be in front of the crowd, but they really don't care about the individual people. Can I tell you that God cares about every single person here today? Can I see your eyes just for a minute, everybody? I want you to hear this. There's not one person Teenager, there's not one person here today. He doesn't know who you are. He doesn't care about you. He knows everything that's going on in your life, and he wants to come close, and he wants to let his presence just flood your life. He 
cares about you. He cares about the decisions you're making in your life. He cares about your marriage. He cares about your family. He cares about your finances. He cares about the things that are going on in your spirit. He cares about the things, the battles that are taking place in your mind. He cares. He loves you. He loves you. I don't know about you, but that's the kind of shepherd I want running and directing my life today. Don't you? I want to commit myself to that kind of shepherd. And I want to invite you. Pastor Chris, come on up if you would this morning. Thank you guys again for being here today. You know, if Pastor Chris or I could do it, we would, uh, we would meet all of your needs. <laughs> we can't do it. We serve a good shepherd who is unlimited in his ability. <laughs> He's unlimited in his ability to meet our needs and to fill his life so full of, our, of his goodness, so full of his presence that we really do experience blessing that when people see our lives, they go, man, I want to be like that. I want to have that peace. I want to have that contentment. I want to have, I want to have what they have. So what I'd like to ask us to do this morning, just as uh, here on our anniversary, is I just want to take a moment and uh, give us the opportunity to recommit ourselves to be his sheep and for him to be our shepherd. How's that sound? Is that okay with everybody? And so what I'd like us to do is, how about if you're able to, if you're not, that's fine, but if you're able to, how about just taking a, a knee with us, come on, kneeling with us? If you would, please, just where you're at there, just... If you can kneel, if you can't, just you can sit or stand. Or, but I want to, we want to direct your attention this morning to the Good Shepherd. We want to direct your attention to the one who loves you so much that he laid his life down for you. Not just that he could save you, but that he could be present with you every moment of all of your life that he could be everything you need today and forever. Will you join me as we pray? Jesus, we come to you, the good shepherd, today. And we say thank you for loving us. Thank you for being the one who guides us and directs us. You care for us. You, you cover us. You, you give us everything we need. And so today, we come and we say we receive we receive your covering. We receive your love. We receive your forgiveness into our lives today. We acknowledge that we cannot do it on our own. We can't make it on our own, God. We need you. So we commit ourselves today to be your sheep individually and to be your flock that follows you as you guide and direct us into the places where our needs are met, where our lives are filled filled with all that we need to be everything that you desire us to be. God, I ask right now, just in a special way, Holy Spirit, that you will minister to every man, woman, boy, and girl. God, whether watching at home or here in person, I pray, Holy Spirit, God, that anything that's not of you, that anything that seeks to distract, anything that's seeking to torment, that it would be driven out by your strong your strong power and authority. Minister, love, goodness, and mercy, life everlasting to every person in Jesus' name. Amen.